Hi everyone, I'm Tara Lon. Welcome to Time Out with Tinseltown Mom. I'm here today with Lori Villafane. Lori is the author of the book, The Other Gloria, a story about an abuse survivor with dissociative identity disorder who must confront her past in order to save herself and her daughters. This book represents Lori's real life struggles, but in a fictionalized tale. Today, Lori will talk about how the trauma of surviving domestic violence triggered her own dissociative identity and how she's recovering lost memories with her daughters. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's my pleasure. Um, first off, I just want to start off by having you actually pronounce uh, <laughs> dissociative. Did I pronounce it correctly? Dissociative? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. Um, you know, that th- this is a disorder that most of us are not familiar with. So I'm so happy to have you on. You can share from your own point of view what this is and shed more light into this. So uh, I appreciate you being here. For starters, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm the mother of two daughters. Uh, They are now uh, 33 and 37. And I have two granddaughters who are 20 and 14. And um, I live with my husband, Larry, of 18 years. So I'm very happily married now and having a wonderful life. Okay. Okay. So just to delve a little bit into your past, because I know this disorder was triggered by domestic violence. Can you tell us a little bit about your past and what led up to this disorder that you have now? Uh, Yes. Um, Actually, the disorder started in childhood with a trauma in childhood. And um, it kind of set me up to um, be in an abusive relationship when I was older. Um, basically, I, I came into contact with a narcissist who uh, just zoomed right in on me. Um, I guess I was perfect prey. Um, but um, he, he was so charming and he convinced me and he convinced my parents to allow me to marry him at 16 years old. And uh, so he was pretty much, he was older and he was pretty much a father figure and he was able to mold me uh, or try to mold me into what he wanted as a perfect wife, um, which I never lived up to. And um, when we started having children, uh, uh, four years after we were married, I had my first daughter and uh, he was really resentful of that. And I was becoming triggered quite a bit because um, he was getting more and more abusive as as the children came along. What triggered him to become abusive? Was it the idea of you having children? Like, was there a jealousy there? What, what was what was going on with him to trigger that? Definitely a jealousy, a, a definite jealousy. He always had to be number one, and um, the children could not take away from. Uh, the attention that he was used to getting from me. And of course, when the children come along, it's just not that way that you have to divide your attention. And that just was not working for him. And how long did you stay married to him? I was married to him for 25 years. Wow. Okay. And um, does he know about this? So it's also called the acronym is DID. Is that correct? 
Uh, yes, actually, I was uh, diagnosed with, I'm kind of falling in the middle of dissociative disorder and dissociative identity disorder. In dissociative disorder, or, or in dissociative identity disorder, it's uh, what they used to call like multiple personality disorder. And um, it's actually, you have different personalities. But in dissociative disorder, as I, as it is in my case, I don't identify with a completely different person in my body. I identify as that's another part of me that I don't have access to. I don't have her memories. Okay. So, so it's correct uh, for in your um, condition right now, it's dissociative disorder, not dissociative identity disorder. I, that is what I was diagnosed with, and it was it's kind of been a toss-up uh, during my therapy uh, because we talk about her and we talk about me as two, you know, sometimes two different people, but I, I think I identify more with dissociative disorder. I've never met anyone with dissociative identity disorder, so, you know, I, I'm not sure if I'm putting the right, uh, the, the right term. Okay. So, so um, before we go back to, um, you know, your past with your ex-husband, um, can you tell us a little bit, like, give us a little bit more insight into the disorder that you do have? What does that look like uh, practically just for someone not understanding, like, the one personality versus the other personality? If you can kind of just shed a little bit more light into that, that'll be great. Okay. Um, the way I experience it is uh, if, if there's a terrible stress a stressor that comes up, um, I tend to disappear. Um, I'll either feel like I'm up in the corner of the room and things are feeling very unreal or I'm like the tiniest person in my body and I'm hearing things from a great distance. I'm kind of fading away. And then when I come back, it's usually, usually I come back in the morning, you know, when I wake up. And I usually wake up with a migraine headache and um, amnesia about what has happened in the time that I've been gone. It's it's total blackout amnesia. And how, how long are you usually out? When I was married um, to my ex, I was out most of the time. Uh, and that is why I do not have memory of my daughters growing up. And that is my greatest regret. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, um, now if I dissociate, it's just for small periods of time. It's, it's not, and usually my husband can bring me back. So, um, when I go, he doesn't, he doesn't quite like it when I go and he tries to bring me back. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. That, that must be stressful and just in many ways. Um, so going back to your ex-husband when you were suffering with this, um, now what did he think was going on when you'd have these times of blackout or, you know, going in and out? We, neither of us ever knew what was going on. Uh, we, we didn't have a name for it or, or anything. Um, he just thought that was my personality because I was that way most of the time. And the way she is, is she's very detached from emotions. She's very stoic. She pretty much gets things done. She's she's very efficient and basically task-oriented and get things done that need to be done, but with no attachment of emotion to it. 
I wasn't diagnosed until I was 45. I didn't have a name for it. And it was just really that aha moment. Oh, a name for finally what has been happening to me. So you mentioned she. Uh, so is that how you refer to, like, would you say the other personality? Is that how, what you would yeah. say? The other personality? Yeah. Okay. The other me. The other I, you. I okay. Other me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's still Lori. It's not, you didn't like attach a name to this other personality. It's still you. It's just a different no. personality of you. Right. I, no, I don't, I don't think of her as not being a part of me. That is a part of me, but I, we do say her when she's there. So yeah. Yeah. So it's when, kind of confusing. Yeah. So when, when, when she's involved, are you saying you don't have memories of, of her? Like when that's you go, true. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, going back to, you know, when your children were younger, how, now how old were they when you started experiencing um, having this disorder from birth. Oh, from birth. Okay. Now what, what, what did they think was going on? They just knew me as I was. Yes. Right. Um, I, I wouldn't go in and out very much, uh, or very frequently. Um, when I would come back there, were, I would be more loving and, and, uh, you know, I would have my emotions and I would act more, react more emotionally and which of course, uh, they loved. Um, but they were used to me the other way too. And they, they both tell me I was a good mother, even though I don't remember. And I appreciate that. I, I, I keep asking them now, please don't tell me this because that's what I want to hear. But they, they assure me I was a good mother. Oh, that's, that's great. So, you say you lost the memories. Now, what specific memories did you lose? Are you saying just like most of their childhood from a period of time, or is it just uh, sporadic memories that you lost? Um, it's sporadic memories that I have. It's just glimpses of memories, like snapshots. Like um, I have a snapshot of a memory when my when my oldest was eight, um, and that's all I remember of that year. And um, I, I began to remember things as my younger daughter uh, went into dance and I started to escape through her dancing. Um, she was really serious about it. She wanted to be on Broadway. Um, so I, I had that escape finally where I was having to take her to Hollywood and, um, you know, do auditions and, and things like that. So I remember those times when I was away from him. But I don't remember the time it, that we were at home. Okay. Now, do you still have a relationship with your ex-husband? No. Okay. What about your children? Oh, yes. We all live in the same town. Uh, we all moved to, to the same town so we could be together. And um, this is the first time in our lives that we've been together. And it, it's just wonderful. It, it's wonderful knowing them as adults and, and having them tell me of memories of childhood so that I have like um, pictures in my head of what happened. I, I appreciate the stories that they tell me. And, you know, it, I always have the ache in the pit of my stomach that I don't really remember, but I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. So that, that was uh, what I was going to ask you, actually, how are you recovering these lost memories? But is it primarily through your daughters just sharing with you some of those memories? Is that what's how that's happening for you? Yes. And, um, you know, I will think that, yes, I truly remember that, but I don't know if other people have this, uh, where they look at a, a picture and they think 
um, oh yeah, I remember that, but you don't, you're not sure if you're really remembering it or if you're remembering it because you see the picture. Um, that's how I kind of am having this, this happen is that I'm not sure if it's an actual memory or if I'm making this memory from the pictures that they're making for me. But still the pictures that they're making for you, is that helping you in some way? Oh, I love it. I actually love it. As your disorder progresses, is, does it progress actually, or does it get better? Oh no, I, I rarely have trouble with it. Um, she's pretty much in hiding most, most of my life. How often um, would so you say it, she shows up I'm, now? I'm, uh, probably in this last year, maybe one time. Oh, okay. Okay. So and you, only for a few minutes. I see. Okay. Now tell us about your book, The Other Gloria. Uh, as you said, it's fictionalized and it's a psychological thriller. Um, I tried, I, I thought I would write a memoir and I, I really thought I wanted to write because I wanted the therapy from writing about what had happened to me. But I, I found that when I started to write a memoir, I wasn't able to put it on the page. So I'm a big psychological thriller fan. And I thought, well, why don't I just try to turn it into fiction and, and make it a thriller? And so that's what I did. And basically, Gloria, uh, in, in the beginning of the book, she, she finds herself with a head injury that she doesn't know how she got. And uh, between this and her dissociative disorder, she's got some very real memory problems. And um, she finds herself fading away from this injury. And the next thing she knows is she's waking up next to her abusive ex-husband. And she doesn't know how she got there. But she finds herself living um, this life all over again with him, this abusive life. But this time she is determined to get out of it sooner. But she finds out that, that in order to do this, she's going to have to meet the other part of herself um, the other Gloria, who she never wanted to meet because of the awful memories that she holds. But um, she's going to need her help to get out of this situation safely. You know, as I was writing, um, I was dealing with these memories that were popping up. And, um, you know, sometimes I'd have to put the writing away for a week or sometimes several weeks uh, because I was having to deal with with real memories that were coming up. Right. And so this was really a cathartic thing for me. And I am, this is the first time in my life I've been able to talk about it. Um, it's always been a big, deep, dark secret. And this book has brought it out of me and, and now I'm able to talk about it and, and I hope it helps people. That's wonderful. So just for yourself, you know, being so therapeutic and writing this book, um, how, give, give us an example of what that looked like as far as this helping you or you having to put it down. Like what was, what did that spark for you as you were writing this book? Well, as I would uh, think of, of things, uh, situations for Gloria to be in, I would find that they were situations that I had been in. Oh. And, and they were subconscious and so much subconscious came out onto the page and uh, so that's how it was. It was my subconscious writing this book. Because you were, you were telling a fictionalized story, but really you were writing about yourself in some way. Yes. 
Yes. I was careful to make the antagonist uh, quite a bit different than my ex-husband because I didn't want to um, get into trouble there. But um, in all other ways, it, it's very much my life story. Right. Now, your ex-husband, does he have any regrets about, you know, the abuse or has he reached out to you in some way to reconcile? Like, what is that situation like? Oh, in no way has he reached out. Um, he's your basic narcissist. Um, he never will, would uh, admit to doing anything wrong. Um, I was the one that made his life miserable. Everything was my fault. Um, you know, if if he abused me, it was my fault. You know, basically, and basically it still is. What do your daughters say about just some of the abuse that you've shared with them? Like, what are their feelings on this? Um, I try not to share the abuse with my daughters. Um, both of my daughters tried to read the book and they got to the second chapter. Both of them were not able to go past the second chapter. Um, I've never, I don't believe in involving children in, um, in my marital issues. Um, I try to encourage a relationship with their father because all children, of course, want to have a relationship with their father. And um, that just didn't work out because he, he just basically went and started a new life without them and he doesn't contact them. They're not in contact. It, it hurt them deeply. But I think in their late 20s, they began to work through it and realize that they were trying to have a relationship with a man who was never going to have a relationship back with them. So uh, it's still painful for them, but um, they're pretty much working through it. So just going back to your book, um, is there anything else from the book that helped in your healing and your journey that you can talk about? I think when the editing part came and I read it back, um, of course, when you're editing and you have to read it several times. And I noticed that every time I read it, the first time I read it, it was, it was excruciatingly painful. And every time I read it after that, it got a little bit easier and a little bit easier until now I'm comfortable and I'm able to talk about it actually. And I'm really thrilled with that because that has been such a help for me. And I hope it's a help for other people. I really do. Yeah. It, I mean, it sounds like it because you're shedding light on something that really is not mainstream, you know, this topic. So you're really um, bringing something to light. You're helping people to delve deeper into their own scenario. What I hope for that this book can bring to light is um, maybe if you're in a relationship, if you think you're in a relationship that you're trying to hang on to by your fingernails um, and it's, it's a narcissistic type of relationship. I hung on for the kids for all those years. I thought I was doing what was best for them, but I, I have come to find that that was not best for any of us to stay for me to stay with him. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the message that maybe um, if somebody's in a relationship like that, they might step back and think, well, um, is this what's best? 
am I doing what's best uh, by trying to hold on to this? And then can you just talk a little bit about your treatment now? What kind of treatment are you under? Um, I do take medication for depression and anxiety, which is a big thing that goes along with with this disorder. Um, And uh, I have been under psychiatric treatment for many years, but I've been stabilized on my medications for so many years that I'm just under uh, my general doctor's care right now. Um, And it's been that way for several years. I also, uh, I rely on on talk therapy um, with a good counselor. Um, Just when I start to be triggered, I'll make an appointment now and then. It used to be, uh, you know, a once a week thing that I would do um, when I was in the middle of it. But it's pretty much under control. So I just, uh, I know when to call the counselor. And and so you were diagnosed by a therapist for dissociative disorder. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was doing a little research on dissociative identity disorder. There is some controversy surrounding it, of course. I know some schools of thought is that it's therapist-induced. Like, what what are your feelings on that? I think I have had therapists that have introduced thoughts to me that I know now were not my own. Um. But uh, as far as my dis- the counselor that diagnosed me, um, he was a very good therapist, and I it was a very solid diagnosis, I think. Okay. Um, well, Lori, thank you so much for shedding light on your story, and your book sounds very intriguing. Where can people find out more about you if they want to do that? Um, I'm on Instagram. All, all the time <laughs> under LA Villafane writer and um, I love I love Instagram it's the bookstagram community oh yeah and um, <laughs> I just love it and um, find me at um, the other backslash book thanks for listening to time out with Tinseltown mom if you liked what you heard today please be so kind and rate review and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts until next time